Dwayne. Good morning, gathering. How are we all doing? Good? All right. Um, I want to thank Pastor and um, the senior pastor, Pastor Chadwick, and of course the associate pastors for allowing me the opportunity to share this morning and also to share, to serve you, the gathering church, um, because you are the ones who we are here for. Not as pastor, not about titles. It's about helping to develop each and every one of us as Christians. Amen. So I, I pray and I hope that over the next couple of months, years, that we will all have your support as we seek to live the Christian life together. I also want to thank my wife for coming out this morning, even though, <laughs> even though she is severely under the weather, but she made it out. And I want to thank my mother-in-law, who, who has been helping with my little girl, and who will be leaving us this week um, for a couple of months, going back to Jamaica, um, to just to relax, I guess. So this is <laughs> Amen? Amen. But let's, let's get into God's word. I'm let's Let's stand to your feet for a second. And let's turn to Philippians 4, verses 4 to 7. Philippians 4, 4 to 7. And let's read it together if we can. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Fathers, we come before you. We pray, O oh God, that you will anoint my lips, Lord, to bring forth your word to your people. We pray, O oh God, that you anoint your ears to hear, not only to hear, Lord, but that your lives might be changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today I want to speak to you from a title, which is, you know, I try my best to get it, you know, I but this is the verse I came with. The pursuit of inner peace. The pursuit of inner peace. Today I want to spend some time talking with you about three secrets to inner peace. The book of Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul from prison and was evident as evident in Philippians 1, 13 through 14. His primary purpose for writing this letter was to thank the Philippian church for the gift they had sent him upon learning of his attention in Rome. However, he made use of this opportunity to communicate a few things to the church in Philippi, including an exhortation to the body of Christ in Philippi. It is from this portion of scripture that I want to share a 
few thoughts with you today. If we go back to the text we just read, in verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. The Message Bible puts it this way. It says, celebrate God all day. Every day. I mean, revel in Him. We notice here that the first choice that we must make as a believer is to rejoice always. Here it is, the Apostle Paul who is imprisoned, writing to the Christian church in Philippi, who themselves are going through persecution. And Paul's instruction to them is, Rejoice always. The Psalms David puts it like this. He says in Psalm 64.10, The righteous will rejoice in the Lord and take refuge in him. All the upright in heart will glory in him. In Psalm 97.12, he says, Rejoice in the Lord. You are righteous and praise his holy name. Gatherers, I believe that in order for us to deliver discover the secret to inner peace, we have to rejoice in the Lord always. The two adverbs, always and again, tells us much. Especially that this is not a typical, this is not typical, and therefore it is not to be passed over as a nice Christian platitude. But this is crucial to the life of the church in Philippi. And it is to us today as well. You see, joy is, or at least it should be, the distinctive mark of a Christian believer. Joy should be the distinctive mark of a Christian believer. Our joy on a daily basis should not be based on our individual circumstance. You see, I know in today's environment where people are losing jobs, you know, marriages are falling apart in the church, out of the church. You know, wives, husbands, we drive each other crazy sometimes. You know, kids, you know, I know some of you are, we're all kids. We drive our parents nuts sometimes. And it is easy in this environment, you know. People are people. Finances are low. You know, so I don't know. But when I was on campus, I can't remember. Down to the last dollar. Finances are low. People are losing money all over the place. It is easy for us to get depressed. It is easy for us to lose our joy. It is easy for us to lose our mind in this world. But here it is, the scripture is saying to us, we have to rejoice. It is easy to walk around with a lemon face, my friends. It is easy to get grumpy most of the time. But the truth is, we have to rejoice. Here the Apostle Paul is saying to the church, who are facing all of these difficulties, they were being persecuted by the, by the Jews at the time. And he was saying to them, in the face of facing your trials, in the face of facing your trials, rejoice in the Lord always. And then he went on further and he said, and again, again I say rejoice. In other words, no matter what it is, again I say rejoice. Even though it's tough for you to do it, again I say rejoice. Tell your neighbor, again I say rejoice. Again I say rejoice. You see, you see, brothers and sisters, what I find in my own life, though, is that whenever my relationship with God is not where it should be, when my devotion time is weak, when my prayer life is <laughs> not where it should be, <laughs> when I'm busy with everything else, which in the context of eternity is not important or is insignificant, that's when I lose my joy. 
Let me say that again. When I'm busy with everything else that in the context of eternity is not significant and neglect my relationship with the Lord, that's when I lose my joy. That's when rejoicing gets difficult. That's when everything else, everything gets under my skin. That's when <laughs> all of a sudden my boss seems to be on my case. My roommate seems to annoy me. That's when my spouse seems to get on my, on my nerves. Everything seems to irritate me. You see, but a Christian's joy, it should not come and go with our circumstance. Rather, it is predicated altogether on one's relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is important for us to nurture our relationship with God in order to be able to rejoice always. In order for us to rejoice, we have to continually build that relationship. Feed that relationship that we have with our Lord in order to continually rejoice. Amen? Amen. The second secret to happiness, to, to, to peace, to inner peace, is gentleness. The second choice that we must make as believers, and it is the second secret to inner peace, is found in verse 5. And it goes like this. The first part of that verse reads as follows. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The message Bible put it this way, which I like. It says, make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you are on their side. Working with them and not against them. This follows from first rejoicing in the Lord always. Here the Apostle Paul is saying, he's challenging the church to be gentle to all. Not only to the church though, all. That's the, the, that's the key to all. Not to only to people who are good to us. Not only to people who see things our way. Not only to people who are like us. But to all. Those who oppose us. Those who don't like us because they just don't like it. Those who are just haters. For lack of a better word. A theological word. Those were just haters. It is saying to us, be gentle to all. In other words, let them know that you are not there to hurt them. In other words, be gentle. Show them that you are there only to show the goodness of God. To show the peace of God that dwells within you. Amen? It is a tough act though. It is one thing to be nice to people who I know like me. But it is something else to be nice to somebody else who you know really don't like you. It is tough for any individual to get to that place. It is sometimes tempting to do what most of us do in those situations. Just don't like them back. That's the easiest thing to do. Just don't like them. Malice them. Give them a cold shoulder. But here the Apostle Paul is calling us to a higher level. A higher level of accountability. He's saying to us, be gentle to all, irrespective of. If we examine the life of Christ, or who is our example, the Apostle Paul Peter put it this way in 1 Peter 2.23. He says, when they hurled their insults at him, 
he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. That's our model. We should use the model of Christ. And no matter what persecution we face, to do not retaliate. Do not take matters in our own hands, but leave it to him who judges justly. I am sure some of you have seen in your own lives the supervisors or managers who are constantly stalking you. Mysteriously, mysteriously, out of anywhere, you're here. I resign. I quit. I'm being transferred. That's the Lord working it out for you. You see, when you leave it, that gentleness, when you, when you continually show gentleness, the Lord will take it in his own hands and he will remedy the situation for you. I remember a couple of, week, couple of years ago, I had, I had a manager who was um, not very favorable um, to me, to say the least. Um, she was out to get me fired at the time. And I can remember telling to my, to my mother about it, and she said, I'm going to pray, my son. And I said, okay, mama, I'm going to pray. We're going to pray. And within a couple of weeks, she just said, Dwayne, you know what? I resigned. And I'm leaving on Friday. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> wow. That was quick. But that's what happens when you take, when you, you leave things that you can't manage yourself. Again, it's a superior, so you can't go and say, hey, I'm going to fire you. Okay? They're the ones who are going to say, I'm going to fire you. Right? But the Lord, who knows everything and controls everything, he can take them out of those situations. Keep them in order that you, who he has placed there for a purpose, can flourish in that environment. Amen? So we have to be gentle to all and leave those things to the Lord who will deal with them for us. Amen? So the next thing is, tell our neighbor, be gentle to all this week. Amen? Be gentle to all this week. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Be gentle to all this week. Irrespective of. Remember that word, brothers and sisters. All. The all in it. The all. The all. Amen? Remember, it's on the road to peace. Amen? Alright. The third secret which I want to discuss, which is what I find is most prevalent. among Christians and Christians alike is the desire to worry or to fret. We live in an environment where it is so easy for us to get worried about everything. So many things are happening, we all get worried. We all fret easily. Here is what the Center for Disease Control says about anxiety or worry. It says depression and anxiety are two major causes of illness and death in the United States. And they are associated with reduced quality of life, social functioning, and excess disability. Psychiatric conditions and anxiety frequently co-occur. And when they do, they have an even greater impact than when they occur alone. In a recent study, the result shows Anxiety disorders affect about 40 million American adults age 18 years and older 
That's about 18% of the population in a given year. In any given year, almost 20% of Americans are going to have anxiety disorder. This is not just worrying you. This is taking to the extreme where you have a disorder as a result of. It says anxiety disorders are the number one mental health problem in America, surpassing even depression in numbers. The statistics show that women suffer from anxiety and stress almost twice as much as men. I guess women will say men are the ones who cause them to be worried, right? <laughs> anxiety is also the most common mental health issue facing seniors. Um, it costs the U.S. workforce about $46.6 billion each year um, because of anxiety disorder. But let's, let's go into the word and see what the word has to say about it. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. The message Bible puts it this way. It says, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Amen? I like what the Message Bible puts it. It says, don't fret or worry. Don't fret or worry. Tell your neighbor, don't fret or worry. Don't fret or worry. Because the Lord is near. Brothers and sisters, I believe that we worry when we worry. What we are in essence saying to God is, I don't believe you can help me. I don't believe you can help me in my current situation. In my current circumstance, what I am going through, no God, is just between me and it. You can't come in this one. So I take it upon myself and I worry to death. You see, all of these things that I spoke about earlier, relationship with friends, family, church members, financial situation, financial stress, those are all the same things that cause us to worry. You know, single people might worry about who they're going to marry. Those who are married worry about whether my marriage is going to last. Those who are rich worry about, oh, am I going to keep my money? Those who are poor worry about, oh, am I going to get some money? <laughs> We're all worrying. <laughs> you know, we, we, it's easy for us to find something to worry about in this day and age. But by doing that, we are saying to God, you can't help me in this. We are saying to the supreme creator, the one who made you, the one who has a future for you, a destiny for you. You can't help me in this little man you think here. My boyfriend just break up with me. I think he's the one. He's gone to some other girl. What am I going to do? And I'm doing everything. Here it is that you're doing everything you can to get him back. And he's still like, oh. And you're worried to death. Am I going to find somebody else? Am I going to find somebody else as good? What he's saying to us, don't worry. 
offer it. Leave your future in my hands. You see, I find that myself, I do worry myself. From time to time, I do worry. About a year and a half ago, <laughs> my wife and I decided that we wanted to start a family. And so, being the planner, or whatever it is that we are, we said, let's go to the doctor to make sure that we are all in tip-top condition to go full steam ahead with our plans. Um, this is the first time I'm sharing this publicly. Um, <laughs> and I went to the doctor, to my doctor. He said to me, Dwayne, I want you to go and see a specialist. Uh, urologist, a male specialist. I'm like, hmm? specialist? Why would I be going to a specialist? I mean, I am firing in other cylinders. I'm in tip, condi- tip top condition as far as I know. <laughs> Why do I need to go to a specialist? And he said, just go. You know, maybe nothing, just go. I went to the specialist. He said, Dwayne, it's not really urgent whether you have to have a surgery. I think you need to do it now rather than later. Oh, talk about worry, depression. All of this time, I have been dreaming of having a family. And here it is, it seems as if everything that I've dreamed of is going to be slipping away from me. Why, Lord, why do I need a surgery? Why at this stage of my life, I'm married to a beautiful woman, we're ready to start a family, but it is now that you're saying that I need to do a surgery. I was depressed. I questioned God. I wrestled with him daily. I remember one day I was just at home. Just wrestling with him. I just couldn't find peace or comfort with God because I'm like, listen, you gave me this woman. You know that I want this. Why? And I was worried. I was worried that I would I would not be able to fulfill my dream of being a father. I was worried what would happen. How would I be able to be there for my wife when she needs me? What would happen after the surgery? I had no clue. But there came a point, though, when I remember vividly when I was sitting on my couch, wallowing in self-pity, when I started to listen to some praise and worship music. And it lifted my spirit. And it lifted me from looking at my situation to looking at my little situation, which is like this. And looking up into the universe. Looking to God. Who is more than able to solve any problem. And I got some peace. I stopped worrying. And myself and my wife, we took a decision. We said, what? Honey? Let's start praying every morning and every night. And thanking the Lord for our child. We took that decision. For six months, we did that during my recovery. Six months later, on a Sunday night, I read the results. It said, pray. Sage was on her way here. <laughs> Emma? Emma? But that is God's good. I want to thank I really want to thank God for his goodness. 
and his mercy towards me and my family. Because it could have gone another way. But there's something about giving thanks and praying. It's praying with thanksgiving. It's, there's something about praying to God and thanking him at the same time. It's an attitude of gratitude. Which I believe really forces God sometimes to fulfill his promises to us. Amen? Um, I'm a firm believer in Romans 8.28. Firm believer in Romans 8.28. It says, and we know that in all things, all things, not some things, but in all things, working together for the good of those who love him, who are the called, who have been called according to his purpose. Gatherers, these are really, really hard stuff. You know, when you look at the statistics and the impact that it has on our physical body and our mental body. But I'm glad that the Apostle Paul, in writing to the Philippians, did not stop there, though. He didn't only tell us what not to do. He also told us what to do instead. The second part of verse 6 reads, But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Instead of worrying and anxiety, the challenge to the believer in Philippi, as it is to us, the gathering church, is this. To take, it's not to take, it's to take that issue, that trouble, that thorn in your flesh, that thing that occupies your mind, that thing that keeps you up late at night, and put it before God in prayer. Everything, he says. He says everything, not just something, but everything. Everything as used in, this, in, this, in the text, my, my, my friend, speaks to all the details and circumstances of life. That is what God requires us to bring to him. In so doing, we demonstrate a total dependence on God. He also requires us to bring thanksgiving with our prayers. He requires an attitude of gratitude from us. One way to put it this way, he says, Thanksgiving is a recognition that everything comes as gift. The verbalization before God of his goodness and generosity. Gratitude thus acknowledge bring about generosity. Indeed, a lack of gratitude is the first step towards idolatry. As put in Romans 1.21. You know, I don't know what you worry about. But I'm sure you do worry. We're all prone to worry because the truth is we find it hard to relinquish control of our lives and our destiny sometimes. We're all prone to worry because the truth is we find it hard to relinquish control of our lives and our destiny. My challenge to you is not to let worry and fretting rob you of the future that God has in store for you. But instead, come before God with prayer and thanksgiving with those things that burden you the most. Amen? Amen. In closing, I don't know where you are in life today. You could be a non-Christian and you may be saying to yourself, I want that peace of which you speak. On the other hand, you may be saying, I am a Christian, but I find that these days I am not joyful. 
everything ticks me off. Everybody ticks me off. It's like I'm a time bomb ready to be exploded. You may be saying to yourself, I find that I'm mean to others. And I need help with that. You may be someone who just worries about everything. You don't need you don't need anything to worry about. You just 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 something. You just need a minute by yourself and you're worrying. You just need a minute, a minute. I remember when my wife was pregnant, I used to be, I, I was so scared. She wh- once she had too much time, she would be she would be crying. I was like, I said, what? She said, what could go wrong? But some of us are like that. Whatever you just need a minute and you're worrying. You just hear something on the news, you're worrying. Just worried. Am I going to be this? Am I going to do that? Am I going to pass the exam? Am I going to fail? Just study. <laughs> Just study. You know? But we worry. We worry about our jobs. Am I going to get a better job? Am I going to get a good job? We just worry. We find ourselves just being worried. If it is you are searching for inner peace this week, I encourage you to do a couple of things. Try this week to rejoice in the Lord always. Secondly, let your gentleness be evident to all. Thirdly, stop worrying. Instead of worrying, pray. Tell it to our Heavenly Father. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. My brothers and sisters, if you do that, the peace of God will take over your job. Your homes, your relationships, your finances, your marriages, your entire life. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. My prayer for each of us today is that we will experience his peace in this life and the life to come. Amen. run too far, brother. Amen. You're going to pray for us. Amen. How many of you received that word this morning? Amen. You need to hear that. Amen. If that's you, just stand up where you are. Amen. I'm standing too. As you was preaching, Brother Dwayne, I, I was reminded when you was talking to us about worry, the German word for the word worry is the word worgen. That word worgen is a German word that means to strangle or to choke. So when we worry ourselves, we are allowing ourselves to be choked up by a situation. That's how we that's how we, 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 we get so stressed out and get sick and some of us even die because we are choking ourselves emotionally and spiritually. But we want that, 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 that stronghold to be broken over our hearts and our lives this morning and the challenge has gone forth today that we will rejoice always, no matter what happens, that we will be gentle to all those who love us and those who don't love us. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And that we will not worry or fret, but we will put our trust in the Lord. And the promise that we have is that the peace of God, that surpasses understanding. It's that peace that blows your mind. You don't even understand why you got peace. People looking at you say, you're going through the same thing that I'm going through, but yet you're cool, calm, and collected. How? It's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. 
that guards our hearts and our minds. I believe where trouble comes and thoughts come, the peace of God is blocking it because you're trusting in God and not trusting in yourself. Amen. So, Brother Dwayne, can you pray for us today? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for calling us, Lord Jesus, to another level, Lord Jesus, in you. Father, we thank you for that challenge that you've given us, Lord Jesus. But it's not only a challenge, Lord God, it's an encouragement for us to live a life, Lord God, which is, for lack of a better word, almost stress-free, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray, oh God, that you would encourage each and every one of us this week, Lord Jesus, to make a concerted effort to rejoice in our situations, Lord Jesus. Not in just some, Lord God, but in all situations, God. Help grant us that peace, Lord Jesus, that grace, Lord God, to rejoice no matter what the situation is, Lord Jesus. But also, Lord, help us, oh God, to get to the place, Lord Jesus, Lord God, where we stop worrying, Lord God, about everything that's happening around us, Lord God. Father, we pray, oh God, that you will grant us your Holy Spirit will be with us, Lord Jesus, as we go through this week, Lord God, that we will put aside worry, Lord God, and embrace praise, prayer, Lord God, and thanksgiving, Lord Jesus, as we go through this week. Father, we pray, oh God, for your special portion of grace, a special portion of anointing, Lord Jesus, to help us also to be gentle to others, Lord God, so that they will not only see our lemon face, but what they will see, Lord God, is the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord, Lord God, permeating through our being, Lord Jesus. Father, permeating through our everything about us, our faith, Lord God, our body language, Lord Jesus. No matter what the situation, Lord God, that we will have a song in our heart, Lord Jesus expressing our praise and our worship to you, God. Father, we just pray, oh God, that you just cover us under your blood. As we say, thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God praise for Brother Dwayne once again. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. You were given a blue connection card when you first came here. Amen. From our usher. If you need one, just raise your hand, and our usher will be glad to assist you.